0: Everyone and welcome to Pocket Thoughts. On today's episode, we will be discussing thinking big, thinking new, and thinking again when it comes to entrepreneurship. We get into topics such as having a mindset that you can create a company that can change the world, if we think big or small, if there is a curse to thinking big, and much more. Be sure to find us on all of our social media by searching Educating Entrepreneurs. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pocket Thoughts. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brandon. To my right, your viewing left, is Mr. (laughs) Joey Traxler. What's going on? Sitting by himself in a closet is Bobby Mason.
1: I'm in an office. Oh. And
0: not with us today, Brady Reese Graff. He might be joining us later. But today, we are talking about Bobby's topic as usual of think big think new think again all right value bombs value bombs bombs are just going to be dropped all episode so bobby when you think big and you think new and you think again what are you thinking about
1: that's a great question brandon Great question. And you know what? I'm actually going to have a lot of follow-up questions for you guys to answer during this episode of Pocket Thoughts, huh? So, you know, as we discussed last week, a real opportunity consists of both a problem and a proposed solution, right? We talked about that. That was pretty exciting. So as we discussed last week, real opportunity consists of both a problem and a solution. We discussed that Long, long time, and anyone who didn't listen to that, they should listen to it immediately. But really, I think that's a good transition into thinking big, thinking new, and thinking again, because the greatest entrepreneurs commonly identify a problem that needs to be solved, but then they go through that process of thinking big, thinking new, and thinking it all over again. So thinking big, I believe, and I was looking at what other entrepreneurs defined it as, They really define it as thinking big can mean coming up with ideas that have scale and scope, as well as aiming for huge financial returns. So at the very least, it means pursuing ideas with enough potential to make them worth your time. Thinking new is to bring your outsider's perspective to an industry where people have always done something a certain way. And then thinking again is being self-aware enough to recognize that almost no one comes up with a... No one comes up really with a great idea or a great solution to a problem right out of the gate. They have a lot of pivots along the way. So thinking big, I think a lot of entrepreneurs think incredibly big. A lot of them never have it occur to them that they should scale down their vision to make their vision more realistic because realistically, a lot of the most successful entrepreneurs are optimists. So even when they face daunting competition, they're always thinking of how big they can scale something. So the interesting thing is that I actually believe ultra successful entrepreneurs have a completely different definition of success. I think a lot of these entrepreneurs actually believe they can create companies that change the world. I think they don't actually believe or think in a way that you and I always think. You know, and I think before I even go further, I just want to know, what do you guys think of the mindset of I can create a company that legitimately can change the world? Do you think that's too absurd to live with that kind of mindset? Or do you think you almost need that mindset to create something, well, enormous?
2: I think that, I don't know if it's a need, but I think that's what you should shoot for. I think that, and you don't need to create something enormous. But I think even if you shoot for something enormous, you might create something that maybe isn't enormous, but is still extremely meaningful. Either way, it's like uh, shoot for the stars. Uh, I'm not gonna say this right. If, maybe you'll get, maybe you'll reach the moon. I don't know which <laughs> one's closer or farther away. I don't I mean, know. It, so, anyways, oh, yeah. you guys know what I'm saying. So I mean, if you if really want to make like a, a really big impact somewhere. Maybe you you plan on making that big impact, and even if you don't reach that goal of making that large impact or becoming insanely wealthy and insanely successful, you will still usually at least get part of the way there. And that's so important because once you get there, maybe you realize that you want to make a pivot or maybe you can just build off of that moment and eventually get to where you want to be. And, uh, I think aiming
0: there is super important.
1: What do you think, Brandon?
0: I think that (laughs) it's a good joke. I think that you should think big because I think anything else is just, why are you bothering? I think the thing that I think about, I don't know why I thought about this is just kind of clothing companies. And, you know, I think that's, kind of an easy way out for some people is to start a company and maybe they have their cool idea. But I think that just seems like an easy way out on my end to be like, Oh, I'm going to start this company. It's going to be this clothing company of things that I like and whatever my own logo or whatever.
1: Are you just saying because it lacks originality and you think it has less risk involved?
0: Yeah, I think it does have less risk. I think any kind of clothing company has less risk, but it also is kind of, risky on your part to think that I I mean I think now that I think about it I think it is kind of thinking big if you do have a clothing company that you think you can take to the highest point where you think a lot of people are going to be interested in this but also I think any kind of clothing is just kind of like I can get into it people will buy it I don't think it's going to last very long but I do think that you do need to think big because like I said before if you're not Why are you even bothering if you're just going to go for a mediocre take and hope that whatever is going to, whatever you're doing is going to last as long as you want it to? And I don't think you're going to put that much effort into it if you're not fully invested into it and not thinking the highest that you can.
1: So I have a follow up for both of you guys and I'll answer this one as well. But do you guys personally think big or think small? So can you, both answer if you think big or think small, and then give like an example of where that thought process or like where that actually is put into action. you know And so if you do think small, give an example of how you think small or if you think big, like how do you think big and what what situation So people have actual examples of that thinking. I'm more curious. Just, do you think big or think small?
0: I think right now I think small, I would like to think big, but I think everyone else would too. But I don't think I'm doing the things during my day that can push me as far as I want to go. And I think that has to do with not thinking big. I know that there are times where I do think big, but there's no action that goes into it. And I think that kind of goes with a lot of other people where you have all these big dreams. And you don't do anything about it, you're just like, Oh, well, this could happen. It's kinda of like winning the lottery. You could say you're gonna win the lottery, but you're not gonna buy the ticket, or you could go outside of the lottery and actually put in the effort to make that amount of money without doing some kind of competition type thing. So I don't know. I think me personally, I think I think small and that's an issue. Just because everyone has these big dreams of doing anything, but no one thinks big enough or puts in the effort to think big enough to
1: make it happen. Do you think, do you believe thinking small hinders you?
0: I think so, yeah, because you can set these small goals, but it's putting in the effort to get there, and I think thinking big kind of pushes you towards that. You have to, like I said, put in the effort, but... I think that there are some cases where thinking small can help. I'm just thinking of this as goals. It's probably not what you're going for, but
1: no, I think that's fine. And I don't think, I think something that's important to define, at least from my perspective is thinking small doesn't mean we're belittling you for thinking like pathetically. It's more like thinking small in this circumstance is probably thinking realistic. I don't think it's a bad or good thing. I just think it's more of a... It's a realistic form of thinking or a very optimistic form of thinking. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but that's what how I kind of see this big and small thought process.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think that, and that's kind of what defines how I think too, is more realistic and not like, oh, if I do this, I'm going to get here. But yeah, I'm more realistic than yeah anything else I think in
2: my perspective I took that as more related to goal setting and that might not be the direction you were looking at but thinking big and thinking small I relate thinking big more to long-term goal setting maybe thinking small as in short-term goal setting without the long-term goal so, setting basically you need to have both in order to think big but you need to start with that long-term plan. If you're just having all of these little little short-term goals, you're, you're probably not thinking too big because you don't you haven't planned out where those short-term goals are gonna get you because you haven't done, done the long-term planning. So basically, mm-hmm. in order to think big and have that big picture, you need to think ahead and you need to plan out your steps in order to get to that long-term goal which could result in these smaller goals, um, which are, I guess, thinking smaller, but building up to something bigger. So for me right now, we've talked about this on our podcast. Um, I've talked about this um, specifically. Yeah. Of I have difficulty of long-term goal setting, and that's something I've been working on. Um, so I know I I usually think a little smaller um, because I do more day-to-day planning, maybe week-to-week planning rather than long-term, what's my goal and what are my steps to get there? So I think uh, for me, I am more of a smaller thinker, if you
0: will.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think that's a really interesting take on thinking big or small. I would definitely say I'm a big thinker. And I would say it's not like, Ooh, I'm a big thinker. It's more just, it's not even for me as much about the goal setting is how big the goal is. So when it comes to big thinking, when I think about entrepreneurs and building a company, I think if you're creating a product where you think you're going to do $40,000 in sales, even if you have a long-term goal on how to do that, I still think that's small thinking. But I think a big thinker, and I think this is what most successful entrepreneurs are, they sit there and look at their product and go, I'm going to make this a billion-dollar company. And really, I'm making it a billion-dollar company is because I believe I'm going to affect 1 million people. Even if that might not be very realistic... I mean, that's my goal. I sit down with my wife every day and we'll be driving along and I don't even talk about things in a sense of someday. Or I should say, I don't talk about things in a way where I'm like, I hope someday we make this happen. Or I hope someday we affect a million people. Or I hope someday we can build all these schools in Africa. My thought process is no matter what, I don't know when it's gonna happen. It might be when I'm 30, it might be when I'm 40, it might be when I'm 50. I'll be affecting a million people. I will be building a school for at least 10,000 people in Africa. And I will build someday in some form. I don't know if it's gonna be Gomahi. I don't know if it's gonna be educating entrepreneurs. I don't know if it's gonna be real estate. I know there's gonna be a combination in which I will build a billion dollar company. That doesn't mean I'm getting a billion dollars. I might only get I might only get a half a million dollars off of it. I don't know. But I will build something that big, if you know what I'm saying. So like my mindset is just to such an extreme of big. And so I think that leads to my follow up is do you guys think someone is born thinking big, or is it something that is learned?
0: I think that it's learned. I think it does kind of go both ways, but I also think it's who you surround yourself with. Cause I have mentioned it a hundred times on this podcast. Like if I wasn't doing this stuff right now, I think I would probably just be sitting on the couch, just snacking on food, playing video games, not really doing anything. And I think that doing stuff like this kind of makes me think big and have bigger goals to set. And I think that if you're kind of not surrounding yourself with those people that are thinking big, I don't think you're going to get that kind of mindset, but it's also the kind of person that you are. But I think that kind of goes with how you grew up because, I mean, that kind of goes with you. Like you have a successful family and everything and it's helped you Guide in that direction, at least from what I can see, and I think that yeah, if I wasn't friends with like you guys, or if I wasn't doing this, I think I'd be in a completely different world right now, and it would just be way different, and my mindset would be different too.
2: Uh, one of the things you said there, I think, actually, two of the things that I I definitely agree with is one, who you surround yourself with, and and two, how you were raised and how you grew up with your whether it be family or someone else. So I think if you were raised, maybe more fortunate, maybe you have the ability to think bigger, you know, because you you see more stuff as possible because you've seen this stuff happen by people around you, maybe your family members or whomever. And if you grew up less than fortunate, maybe you maybe you think smaller and you don't think certain things are possible. So you focus on something that's smaller. I mean, we could take adopting like a a dog or fostering a dog, for example. Like maybe someone who's less fortunate um, looks to maybe just adopt one dog because they want to change that one dog's life, which is great. But they don't think that they have the ability to affect a bunch of dogs' lives. And then maybe someone middle class is like, all right, well, I know that I can, I can foster, I can foster dogs. I can make big changes for these dogs, um, for numerous dogs by fostering them and getting them out to people who can adopt them. And then maybe someone who is very fortunate is like, I can, I can build some type of shelter to help these dogs where there's tons going through and I'm helping tons of people, I'm helping tons of animals and everything like that. So I really, I think it starts with how you grew up and who really raised you. And that, I think that really rubs off on people. However, I do think that can change. And I do think thinking big can be learned. Um, one of the ways it can be learned is, like Brandon said, is who you surround yourself with. When I hang out with you, when I surround myself with you, Bobby, I I think bigger. I think, I think more about opportunity of what I could really be doing and the difference that I could actually make on a bigger picture. And I think that's a great example of how something like thinking big can be learned.
1: Yeah. And I agree with both of you guys. I definitely think thinking big can be learned. I would say though, before going further into what I think uh, when it comes to how you learn it, when you guys bring up, it's a matter of how you're raised. Like I agree with some perspectives. I, I grew up very well off. I see very successful people on the daily, but I also feel like you see so many trust fund babies. You see so many people that were brought up super well that are just lazy asses and they are just wasting the opportunity that they have to build something big. And that just really bothers me. We we've talked about it in the past. There's nothing more that bothers me than all these people that are way ahead of everyone else and don't do anything with that opportunity. And then the second, really the follow-up question I have to you guys about that is there are also an insane amount of unicorns created that have been started by immigrants. Oh. You hear all of these stories all the time that an immigrant comes from some third world country, comes to the United States and just goes, I have an opportunity because this country is great. And I don't think they saw or they were raised with families that gave them an idea of what it's like to be successful. So that's where I kind of have a tough time figuring out. What the balance is and maybe there isn't but i guess just that i don't know if there's even an answer to that to be honest but what i think we can all agree with is just yes it can be learned because of the people around you i think we're all very i think we nailed that and i think i can give a very pompous example and i'm not trying to be pompous but I think a good example is, you know, over the last couple of weeks, legitimately, most of my meetings, most of my clients, the houses I've been looking at, they're all, people are all living in these places that are 5 million plus dollars. And three years ago, when I look at a $5 million home, I'd look at it and be like, that's mind blowing. I can't even imagine someone living there. But then... Once you spend all of your time in them, you start to go and walk into a $2 million house and go, oh, this is nothing. I definitely am going to figure out how to get to the five, you know, because you're just surrounded with that environment. So you just get accustomed to that environment. And when I thought about that in greater detail, I just think the same thing happens with ideas and ambitions and thinking big. So I think if you surround yourself with people with an intense level of ambition, you're just naturally going to start heading in that direction. And I think surrounding yourself with those people ultimately just pushes you to aim higher because I think they challenge you. I think they allow you to envision just the broader definitions of success. And I think there's times... I know for me personally, there's times at 25 where I'm walking around thinking, you know what? I got it figured out as a 25-year-old. But then I sit down and I start talking to someone like Alex Lieberman who runs the morning brew at 25 or 24. I don't even, he's probably younger than me. And I go, oh my gosh, there's a whole other level that I'm just not a part of. And I think when you surround yourself with people like that, you see that there's another level that you're missing out on and it pushes you to just go a little higher and a little higher and a little higher. And so I just believe thinking big is a process that really never stops. I think it's a gift and I think it's a curse. And this is going to lead to my next question. We talk about thinking big and I think you really do need to think big as an entrepreneur. But I think the curse is you really never feel fulfilled by a task. Like it's a constant battle where you're always worrying about what can I do more of? What can I do next? You complete one, you complete something and you just look at it and you go, my gosh, I could have done that better. And I think that's the curse of thinking big. So that was going to be my next question. do you you think there is that curse of thinking big? And if there is, how do you get over that curse or overcome that constant feeling of it's just not good enough. I think,
0: and we kind of used the golf example a lot last time, and I'm going to relate it back to this again. Um, but when I went golfing today, I felt amazing. I felt like I was going to have the best round of my life. I was thinking big. And I think when it comes down to having the curse is what well, it's funny. yeah I mean it's every round every round I think I'm gonna do amazing and then I get out there and my first swing is just not even going the right way I might as well just hit it backwards yeah I should have just hit it the opposite way and uh (laughs) but anyways I think that's a curse and I think it goes back to what we've talked about multiple times is being self-aware and you can't get this big head that, yeah, I'm going to have the best round of my life. I got to actually be realistic and be like, yeah, I'm probably going to get a few eights because that's just, that's just what happens. And it's not, it's not necessarily being down on myself. It's I'm just, par threes, sir. yeah, I'm par threes. It's, um, it's just being realistic enough to know that it's not going to go perfect and you have to be prepared for that. And I think that's kind of the curse about it is you get this thought in your head and you're not realistic or self-aware enough to think that there's going to be something that's going to go wrong. And when you're thinking big, you think it can all go perfect, but in the end, there's going to be so many things that go wrong that may eventually help it go right. And that has to do with failing and learning from your failures. But I think it's just, being self-aware and knowing that there's going to be something that's going to happen that you're not going to be happy about. Right. And I mean, one other direction to go
2: is looking at this is, I think you were allured to more of like the never being satisfied, right, Bobby? With even, so let's say, but I mean, no, seriously, it's a good point, but never being satisfied. Mm -hmm. So even if you reach your goal, usually these types of people are always like okay I reached my goal but I could have made another half a million dollars on this thing if I did this if I did x or y or z and um, so they're always thinking like I could have been better I could have done better and it's a curse and it's definitely a good and a bad thing Um, it's it's a combination of the two really because it really helps you push to be better in, in all aspects of life, really. In uh, business, um, in your career, whatever it may be, maybe in a relationship, uh, in sports, really everything. It it does make you better, I believe, because it keeps pushing you. However, it's also a curse because you you never really celebrate like what you just did. You met your goal, and that's great. What needs to happen, though, is you need to celebrate that goal So you can actually feel good about it because you do need to feel good because you did something great. You met your goal. However, you met your goal, be happy about it, learn from maybe what you could have done better, and don't get down yourself because you didn't do that. What you need to do is move forward with that and bring it to your next venture or bring it to your next week of training or whatever it may be. So it's definitely a good and a bad thing to have this, and it's, definitely a difficult thing to deal with because people who are like this aren't used to celebrating their goals. Even if you don't reach your goal, you can still celebrate milestones and celebrate little things that you did. Um, But people who have this mindset have a very, very difficult time doing this and appreciating what
1: they've done. That's for sure. They definitely do. I can say that to be true. I want to make sure we have time to go into thinking new and thinking again. So, to wrap up thinking big. I think just, yes, go ahead.
2: One, one other one other thing I wanted to say about, about thinking big, and this was a different viewpoint of how I how I thought about it was, and it's this is just a quick snippet here, but and it kind of has to do with this long-term goal plan of thinking big. A lot of people, and maybe it might be a helpful tip on how to think big, I guess. People need to think about the whole big picture and the end result of what you're trying to accomplish and then kind of work back from there. Um, A lot of the times, people are like, all right, I want to do this and this and this, all right, I'll just get rolling on it, and they kind of go from start to finish, whereas I think that you need to go from, and this is totally my opinion, but you need to go from the finish to the start and where you should start based on that finish, based on that angle, based on that big, big picture. And I think a lot of people don't start that way. And it really hinders them from reaching that.
1: I think, and I kind of took us down the round, the, uh, just down a rabbit hole, obviously. But when we started this thinking big, thinking new, think again, I was hoping that we would kind of define all of this, I and mean, this entire thought process around creating a new idea, right? And so... I think just to define the thinking big, quick before going into thinking new, and you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree with this, I think when it comes down to creating an idea, the big thing is a lot of successful entrepreneurs just think really big at the beginning. As in, whatever idea they create, whatever solution they create to their problem, it needs to be big enough that it's worth their time and it's worth pursuing and it's worth getting it in front of investors so it's this really big thought process that kind of pushes you to this incredible level just like at google i've shared this with you guys multiple times before but but at google you know every single meeting they get into they essentially they come up with realistic ideas and then whoever's leading that meeting they sit there and they go how do we do and create this idea. And how do we do $10 million in revenue in the first week? And, you know, it's really interesting to see how that mindset changes the company because they're thinking so big that they don't even try to think realistically anymore. They just push themselves to different levels of product design and implementation. So I think that's really huge for successful entrepreneurs. And so I think that would help us transition into thinking new. So I think thinking new is also a huge part of creating an idea because when you really think about it in corporate history, it's just, it's just littered with once innovative companies that stopped seeing new problems and really they just stopped discovering new solutions because they got very complacent with the place that they were at. I think... You guys, I'm just interested to hear your guys' takes because I don't really have a lot to say on thinking new. I just think you guys are in different fields, but I commonly see thinking new through the form of consistent innovation. I usually see innovation through bringing new technology to market or just coming up with new business models. I think it's just constantly thinking about how to improve. And everyone will find in our design sprint and I think that's in course two, uh, design sprint, we go over how to come up with new ideas. And when it comes to thinking new, a design sprint actually encourages everyone to go out and come up with million dollar ideas. So it encourages everyone to take five minutes, time themselves and come up with as many million dollar ideas to their problem as possible. Because all of a sudden, when they think of, ideas that must cost a million dollars it forces them to break that barrier of realism and it also forces them to come up with something brand new and so when you start coming up with things that are brand new then you can go down this route of making them realistic but it forces you to have this mindset of constantly innovating so I just wanted to know what do you guys see it not only like other companies, but also just in your own company, what do you see them doing to think new and constantly innovate? Like, are you at a company that is constantly innovating? Does it ever worry you when you see companies that you interact with? Do you see them just being complacent and you think, oh my goodness, they might not last very long? How important is this constant innovation and new thinking in a corporate setting?
2: It's so important. I mean, it's it's very difficult in numerous aspects. The company that I work at, we are constantly um, rolling out new new technology, new project management tools, um, new ways to kind of organize things and it's almost stuff that we just switched maybe last year or something like that. And so that's where like it gets difficult because, People are resistant to change a lot, especially, and I don't want to just like group everyone into one bucket who works in the corporate world because we're all very, very different. But a good amount of people in the corporate world are looking for consistency with, with a nine to five, nine to four, nine to five job, whatever, nine to five, nine to four job and nine to 5 Fuck. pick one.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, sorry, getting off topic. Um, <laughs> A lot of these people are. A lot of these people are looking for this consistency, so when they have this change, whether it be technology change, whether it be process change, whatever it may be, they're not happy about it and they're reluctant to change. Um, So I think it's very difficult, especially when you do changes this quickly. Um, However, with companies that are growing at very very fast pace, this change needs to happen and these updates of technology and process need to happen. It's, it's so important to keep up with the times. And at my firm, it's we're a service, uh, service company and our services are people. And one thing that is coming into the world here is, is AI. And we are constantly looking at how AI is going to affect our industry and if it will, um, kind of change how we work and change the needs for our clients based on our services that we provide. So these are always top of mind for us. And not only company-wide do we look at this innovation, but we also go down to just our single groups that we focus in. And we look at innovation there, which different types of technology can we use and which processes can we improve? And I've had the opportunity to be a part of a process improvement team at, at the firm that I work at. The group that I'm in is is fairly new, which allows us to have a lot of flexibility of change and, and updating processes. And so I've had the opportunity to be a part of a group that kind of okay. takes a week or so uh, out bottom. of our kind of schedule and we focus specifically on process improvement. And it's it's been really great for us in the past, past year now. And uh, we're making some pretty
0: great improvements. Uh, the biggest thing for my company and I think any kind of corporate setting is technology. We're always looking for new ways to get ahead of everyone else when it has to do with technology. And that's one of the things that they pride themselves in in our mission statement is that our technology is one of like the top in the industry. And that's the main thing they seem to focus on is how can we improve our technology to be higher up, be faster than anyone else around us. And I think kind of basically what Joey said is that something that everyone's going to kind of have to ch- keep, keep up with or else you're just going to be kind of thrown in the back and no one's really going to look for you because everyone's going to look for the fastest way to get something done. And I think with that comes technology and that's really kind of all I have for that. Joey kind of on a lot of the stuff.
1: And you guys just brought up tech over and over again when it comes to thinking new. I think that's the most important piece because if you look at most industries, at least this is my personal opinion, I think a lot of people can be eventually replaced. Like there are a ton of industries right now that are going to be automated. And... I think just like one example is, and I always try to encourage realtors when I'm mentoring them, I always try to encourage them to build something beyond just selling homes. Like they need to build, and I know this is me being bullish on my normal personal brand stuff, but for realtors, I always say you need to build a personal brand because someday Zillow is going to come in and automate most of your job. And the only reason someone's going to use you is because you've built something big enough where it adds an extra benefit that Zillow can't do on the web. And so I think every industry and everyone should be looking at it like this. And I think even if you're not an entrepreneur, I think it gives you a great opportunity where even if you're sitting there in a corporate setting, you can think about how everything can be automated. You can go to your boss and say, hey, someday this is going to be a major problem. I would love to help and start doing some research on this stuff now. Like, even if it is a little extra, like, I don't, I don't care. I just want to help the company. But just the big thing is I think if you're not thinking of new concepts, I think you're going to die, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in a corporate setting, not die physically, Brandon, as you just made that face, but really you're going to die financially because the market changes so rapidly you just have no chance so i don't know do you guys agree with that
0: yes i do agree with that and i think i've noticed it a lot in my job right now is they're automating so much stuff i mean obviously it's helped us tremendously but also i can see like i think about myself i'm like a lot of the stuff that i'm doing during the day we have like we have little robots that can set up most of my stuff and i'm like eventually like i'm done i don't know how long that comes but that's also another thing is what our company prides itself in is the people and that's what you were getting at is we're trying to set ourselves apart from all the other companies with the people experience that we can give them where it doesn't have to you know have to rely on a robot and you get to actually get that Actual human interaction and I think that's yeah, that's huge and that's something that's going to set you from everyone else and It's just figuring out how to do that and make it so it lasts.
1: I think the last topic here is thinking again And when it comes to an idea, I think thinking again really is more like you're going to have to pivot You're gonna have to design for your customer. You might have a big idea, but you're gonna have to keep changing it over and over again you know, I really didn't know the story of... Do you remember the name of the guy that started Twitter? That's really embarrassing because I don't know his name or his company's prior. And Joey will look it up. But whoever the guy is that started Twitter, Joey will chime in. He started Twitter, but he really started a bunch of companies before Twitter that ultimately failed. What's his name?
0: Jack Dorsey. <sighs>
1: It's not Jack. I thought it was Mark something.
2: Uh, We got uh, Twitter's created March 2006 by Jack Dorsey, Noah Glass, Biz Stone, and Evan Williams.
1: Okay. Maybe it's Jack Dorsey. But one of them, essentially, they created Blogger, right? And they created just this thing where they could internally blog and write messages to one another in their company And once they created it, they thought that they would try to scale it, but they couldn't scale it, so they failed. They failed with this concept of blogger. But then Google came in and they're like, you know what, we kinda like this and we wanna use it internally. So Google bought this blogging system and let them join Google. And at that point, they went off and created a new company that also failed. And so they pivoted that thing, and they took on a bunch of debt, and they were struggling big time. But their third pivot was Twitter. And the idea that you're going to need to think again and think over and over and over again, that's huge. Because you're going to constantly pivot. You're going to constantly need to create new products for your customers, And Evan Williams was the one. Joey just sent us a message here, so it's great. I'm going to give him the credit like he deserves. And Um, you know, at GoMahi, we're actually going through our own pivot too. We've been, we're two and a half years into this thing, and we haven't done customer interviews for about two years. And a lot has changed in the last two years. So we need to sit down and we need to interview all of our customers again. We need to interview all of our potential clients and we need to talk through what kind of value can we provide. And when you're an entrepreneur, you're gonna have to do this over and over again. It doesn't mean you're failing, it just means that you're making your product and service better. And you're just improving and you're just thinking again. So I don't really know what questions to ask you guys off of that, but I'm just curious, what do you guys think about thinking again? Why is it so darn important To always just design again, pivot, do it over and over and over again. Because I just think most people think they're going to come up with a big idea. They're going to do it once. That's going to be the big idea and they're just done. When that's just not the case. And I'm learning it firsthand every day.
0: I think that it's kind of what we touched on before is the more you keep doing something, you're going to see different changes that you can make. As Joey whispered, you can see more issues and more issues. And you can find those things that you can improve on and keep making it better as you go on.
2: When you work on a passion project, when you work on creating a company, it's it's definitely a long, long process. And there's gonna be a lot of changes throughout that time when this process is going on. Um, whether that be one, you've seen these issues and you need Needing to pivot on them, two the environment, as in how technology has changed, and maybe you need to pivot based on how technology has changed. Maybe that just screwed over your whole idea. Now you really need to think of something of how to keep this idea, but maybe pivot onto something else or adapt to it, maybe. And and three, the a change in the environment, as in consumer preference. Maybe people are straying away from i don't know certain types of clothing certain types of technology certain types of services um based on the times because it's taken you 3 years to get this company up and running and now this what you're doing now isn't even relevant to what consumer preferences are so basically because this creation of a company is like is long term things change and you're going to need to adapt
1: yeah definitely and i think Joey, I don't think you were a part of this last week. You left. We decided um, that we all wanted to personally give an actionable task that our listeners should like try to do along this topic. So like, what is one thing you think they could work on this week to work off of this topic as an entrepreneur and we all basically give an actual task from our own specific perspective. So, Brandon, you want to start yeah, us off? So
0: my actionable task that you all should do this week is jot down a bunch of ideas. And as the week goes on, keep looking at that list. Let's say start the list on the show's going to come out Monday. Start this list today. And as the week goes on, kind of take things out of that list that you don't like anymore this is very much on the spot i'm thinking of this right now and towards the end of the week let's say sunday you have your list down to two or three things i think go on with that list and run with an idea if that one doesn't work toss it aside for a bit try your other two ideas and maybe go back to that first idea that you threw away and think again about it and see what you can improve on, see what new ideas that you have and just keep trying until something clicks, I guess.
2: One actionable item that I think our listeners would would benefit a lot from is is something that I already talked about and I already brought up was this thinking about something with the end in mind, Um, thinking about how you want the result to look before starting something, so before you you dive into, and this can even this doesn't have to be for a, like your entrepreneur entrepreneurial idea of like three years. Let's just say it's maybe a project you're working on this week. Um, put this into practice of what do you want this this project or deliverable to look like on on Friday, and what are the steps to get there? Don't just jump in and and dive in and just be like, all right, let's start with this. You know, that's that's not really going to help too much because you don't know where you're at in the whole. Like after you finish Monday, you're going to be like, all right, am I closer? How much closer am I? What did did I need to get done What I needed to get done today? I don't I don't really know. So start with the end in mind and then work backwards from there.
1: I love both of those actionable tasks. Um, I'm going to piggyback off of Brandon's because mine was actually going to be very similar. I'm just going to say it in a little different way. I think everyone, as I encouraged everyone to do last week, I said, you guys should go out and do 10, 20, 30 interviews. And we touched on that last week. So I've already said this once, listen to the podcast or just listen to the end of last week's podcast. So if you went out and you actually did your interviews, what you should be doing this week is you should be a looking at the problem you found and then brainstorm the solutions to that problem. So this week sit there and take your phone out and put a five minute timer on your phone and spend five minutes with post-its in front of you and just come up with as many million million dollar ideas as you can and just keep on going for five minutes, as many as possible. You want to break through this barrier of what's realistic and what's feasible And then sit down, look through those ideas, throw them up on a wall, actually read them out loud and digest them a little bit. And then go and put up another five-minute timer, do the process again, million-dollar ideas, put them up on the wall. And then at the end of this process, you're going to do one more set of five-minute ideas, brainstorming. And these are going to be five minutes of feasible realistic ideas. So with those other ideas, those million dollar ideas in your mind, you're going to come up with some realistic ideas that could solve the problem. And we go into a lot more detail on this in our course number two. So sorry, we're lagging on getting it out to you, but once it comes out, it'll be a game changer for all of you guys. So you guys can follow the design sprint. But really the last thing is once you come up with these ideas, like Brandon said, start converging start narrowing these down to one or two ideas and then move forward with those one or two ideas go and prototype it make a low fidelity prototype and go test it with people you might be able to accomplish all this in a matter of three days usually that's how long this process is supposed to take but if all of you guys are out there working it's totally fine do it throughout the entire week so come up with million dollar ideas come up with feasible ideas and then narrow it down to one or two ideas and create a prototype, whether that's a drawing, whether that's a, that's a sketch, it's a skit, whatever it might be, just come up with a prototype and then test it and think again and think new and think big with it.